Welcome back, everyone, to episode 35 of the Banished to the Pen podcast, a near-weekly audio adventure from the website Banished to the Pen, a group baseball blog by fans of the podcast Effectively Wild. I am your host, Ryan Sullivan, at NatsGM.com on Twitter and the Baron of All Baseball podcasts. For this special playoff show, and I think it's fair to say we're in the middle of a playoff show, uh, I'm very excited to have uh, two main big contributors to the website, uh, Banish to the Pen, and uh, two friends of mine, uh, Julian Asseline and uh, Rob Maines. Guys, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. Great to be here, Ryan. Uh, I want to thank Julian for getting up early on a Friday morning. He's a college student, so everybody, let's give him a little round of applause. That's very, very solid. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> but in all seriousness, Julian, I'm excited to have you back. Uh, you've been doing a great job at BP Milwaukee recently, and some of your columns have just been uh, very, very thought-provoking. So I'm glad to have you back. And Rob, uh, I met you at Sabre Seminar uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we tried to do an episode earlier this week that, uh, unfortunately, the technological gods didn't allow us to uh, uh, publish. But uh, Rob, welcome back. Thanks. We're, we're at least we're persistent. <laughs> yeah, we, that I'll, that I'll give us. So, uh, let's start the way we start every week, uh, introducing ourselves to the audience. Um, uh, let's start with alphabetical. Julian, uh, kind of where people can find your work, uh, your Twitter handle, who you're a fan of. Just you know, introduce yourself. Okay. Hi, I'm uh, Julian, and my Twitter account is basically my name at Julian Asfilin. I currently write for Baseball Prospectus Milwaukee, uh, a local website for the, the main Baseball Prospectus website, and I still at times contribute to Banish to the Pen. I'll try and do that more regularly when I have more time. And I'm a university student at Ryerson University. Very, very cool. And, and he's been on a few times as well, so I'm sure you recognize his voice. Um, Rob, kind of the same thing. Introduce yourself to those who, who may not be aware of you. Yeah, thanks. I'm Rob. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Cran, C-R-A-N underscore boy, although I lack spontaneous uh, cleverness, so I don't do a whole lot on Twitter. <laughs> you can also catch my pirate-specific blog, which is onthefieldofplay.com, but I'm doing uh focused on getting a lot of content up on Banish to the Pen. I'm really excited to have joined the group uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, a lot of really good writers, and I'm really excited about being able to be a part of it. Well, and we're very excited to uh, have you be our midseason acquisition, so to speak. I don't know who we had to give up, but uh, we definitely got the better end of that deal. So, um, And definitely check out uh, Rob's uh, Pirates blog if you're interested in anything Pirates. I'm definitely uh, I'm over there a fair amount myself. So, um, On that note, Sorry about the loss the other night, Rob. I apologize. Yeah, pretty predictable, though. Um, you know, they were going up against a unstoppable force. They did have a couple of chances to get to him, it felt like. And, you know, Arietta just was a little bit better. Yeah, I'd say more than a little bit. Yeah. He was. He, I, I don't know <laughs> if he was on as much as he was that Sunday night ESPN game, but he's still a uh, pretty unhittable guy. And it's, you know, it's sort of sad that it degenerated into kind of a really stupid, um, you know, hit batsman thing that, was, in my mind, was totally on the, the blame of the Pirates. But, you know, this is, I, I noted yesterday that the Pirates have now pay, played 21 innings of wild card ball since Russell Martin hit a home run in 2012. And in those 21 innings, they got nine singles, a walk, and no runs. Wow. 
I mean, I know you're facing great pitching in the playoffs and particularly in a wild card game, but that's still wow. Yeah. Uh, before we dive into to some of the playoff talk today, I, I do want to maybe circle back and ask you a little bit about the beanball and the fight, so to speak. I, I don't recall ever seeing that in a playoff game. I'm sure it's happened in, in you know, recency bias, but were you surprised to see the whole thing kind of explode the way it did? Well, the Pirates have a reputation of, I wouldn't say headhunting, but of hitting, you know, a lot of guys. I'm pretty sure that they both, that they led the, I know they led the league in hit batsmen, and I think they might have led the league in being hit as well. And they um, preach pitching inside. I mean, we, I think we all know yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's sort of part of the strategy. But, you know, you watch Pirates telecast, and there's still this whole idea that baseball players can kind of, you know, manage the game. You don't need uh, outside forces, whatever. This whole idea of protection. And, you know, Arietta came inside and, you know, kind of close to Cervelli's head on a pitch that I think to everybody watching it was a mistake. And so that creates this kind of obligation on the part of, uh, you know, some people in baseball that you got to hit somebody back. Now, it's not that usual, you, you, you know, you often you go after the team's best hitter. You know, you go after Rizzo or, you know, McCutcheon's kind of a pincushion for the Pirates. But they chose to go after Arietta. I thought it was a Bush move. Um, and the, the ensuing fight was, you know, your basic kind of dumb baseball fight in that no one's really going to hit anybody. The only guy that really got animated was Sean Rodriguez, and allegedly it's because uh, – David Ross grabbed him from behind, but I thought it really detracted from what wasn't necessarily a exciting game, but certainly was a good game, particularly if you're a Cubs fan. And, you know, this is a thing that I think is going to someday culminate in someone getting really badly injured by hit bat, by hit by pitch. And I wish it weren't a part of baseball, but it is. And I think it made the Pirates look a little like sore losers. Uh uh, I, I tend to agree with with really everything you said. Julian, I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting them to hit uh, Arietta, but I think when it did, when they hit him, it was it was pretty unavoidable that the benches were going to clear. It's I think it's one of those instances, like in hockey, you don't mess with a goalie, and then when you do, it's uh, I guess the entire team kind of rallies around it. Um as for Sean Rodriguez, I've seen him get amped up like a number of times. I think on uh, in these, uh, for example, brawl, brawls or scuffles in baseball, especially when he was with uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I mean, this is kind of just me going off my memory, but I recall him uh, like getting really amped up, and so I'm not sh- like. It's very possible that that happened, and uh, but I I don't know. It's it feels like he's always someone that's um, I guess looking to uh, make something happen. It's a it's a little bit weird. Yeah, I found the timing of it surprising. I'm not surprised that they hit Arietta. Uh, I'm I just expected that maybe something would have happened, you know, in spring training next year or. But that game was still in doubt, more than in doubt, and to hit him in the seventh inning and give them a base runner with the top of the lineup then coming up, or I guess the nine-hole hitter and then top of the lineup with Joe Madden, I thought the timing was kind of dumb, frankly. I mean, besides the fighting and throwing baseballs at each other, which I think most people think is pretty dumb, I thought the timing was dumb. And and the second thing is, is, um, 
you know, Sean Rodriguez doesn't know how to box. He keeps his hands a little low. If he was actually <laughs> fighting somebody, he would get, get clocked. Those hands are down by his, you know, his belly. Come on, man. You got to learn how to fight. I mean, I don't want to fight him, but I know I could probably get a jab in anyways. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't want to fight anyone either, but <laughs> yeah. I might uh, spar with him. I'm not boxing him, you know. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I, also, the, the I mean, as Rob says, the area, uh, like, I don't think he meant to hit anybody on purpose. I, I mean, he was in, especially early on in the game, he looked like he was in complete control. I think, I mean... Um, Sam and Ben, I think, uh, on the Effectively Wild podcast talked about this, but later on in the game, like after the fifth inning, Arias, he didn't look as in control as he did early on, but I don't think there was any intention of him even coming close to hitting anybody. Although, I mean, and hitting the pitcher, I thought, was a little, I guess, quote-unquote Bush League. I mean, I hate seeing anybody get hit, but I mean... I don't know. I didn't really see the point of it. The game's still on the line. Yeah, it's just and there was. I thought it was kind of pointless, and it was a good game. I, I look. I mean, I'm sorry the Pirates lost, but um, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the game. I thought the atmosphere was really good too, and uh, I thought it was it was a. I mean, it was a well played game. It could have been more sloppy or whatnot, but I mean, it's a real shame because I, I'm maybe I'm speaking for myself, but. Uh, that felt I can't remember being more anxious for a baseball game that didn't involve my team in many, many, many years. And, you know, with Arietta Cole, they're at Pittsburgh. You've got all these storylines. I was so anxious for the game. And now, for the most part, we're going to remember it for the fight. And I guess maybe for Arietta's dominance, too. Yeah, hopefully. I think I think we'll, we'll remember it more for... I mean, hopefully we'll remember it more for the Arietta performance. I mean, he pitched... Although... I mean, he, he pitched really well through the first, like, again, especially earlier on in the game. And then after, there was a few... Um, he got a couple of ground ball double plays, if I remember right. Yeah, exactly. The sixth. Yeah, those were, those were well-hit balls. They were just right at Addison Russell. and Yeah, but, if that like, ball the, sneaks through, we're talking a 4-2 game, I think, at the time in the sixth, and it's a completely different baseball game. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean... In those moments, I actually thought they should have taken Arietta out and put in a relief pitcher. But I guess, I mean, it worked out. But uh, like in the moment, I was kind of like, oh, I don't like I was a little bit iffy. The bases are loaded and he's not pitching as well as he was. So, I mean, I I think I mean, if it's kind of. This is the problem with like the one year playoff game. But it's kind of what makes it so so much fun is that just like just this one hit ball, if it was just a little bit to the right or to the left, could have squeaked right. through and you have an entirely different game. Yeah, our Sabre stuff, I, I think I said this on the show on Wednesday, that got technologically swallowed. It, you know, our Sabre stuff doesn't work in one game. Anything can happen. You know, oh, yeah. our, our, st- our stats <laughs> are used for, yeah. link, you know, series and, and months and years to really provide benefit. A one-game playoff is very tough. No, yeah, obviously. So maybe let's use that as a jumping off point to kind of start previewing um, the Cubs and the St. Louis series. It starts, I guess, tonight at 7 o'clock or so, kind of the primetime game. By the way, this is my my second favorite baseball day of the year besides opening day. When you get four playoff games on a, on a Friday, I'm ready to just pull up, you know, on the couch and watch baseball all day. But uh, let's start with the Cubs and with St. Louis. Uh Maybe maybe I'll start with Rob here a little bit. Uh, Rob, your kind of your thoughts on the series in general? 
Yeah, Ryan, I would say this is my favorite day of the year because we're seeing, you know, tense games all day long. Um, Good point. Good point. Yeah, this is it's it's sort of weird to think that there's a New York L.A. series and a series between two Midwest teams is getting the primetime slot. Now, part of it's because the other series is on the West Coast. But, you know, I think this is going to catch a lot of eyeballs because of the rivalry between these two teams that has gone on and on. And, you know, the the things like the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry was a little bit of a press creation and sort of really, you know, was dependent on the two teams being good. And there have been plenty of years that the Cardinals have been good, the Cubs have been lousy, and the two fan bases just loathe each other and, you know, would do anything to see their team beat the other one in the season series sort of regardless of what the... um, you know what the full year results are. So I think that this is good. This is a intriguing series just from the narrative point of view. And then obviously you've got the perennial uh, NL Central champion and the team that seems to be in the postseason every damn year against the uh, <laughs> longtime doormat. Um, you know, I keep thinking of that Steve Goodman song, the Dying Cubs Fans' Last Request. Uh, you know, this the Cubs for a long time have been if not a laughing stock to sort of view it as a team that does whatever they need to do to fill up Wrigley and that's about it. And then when Theo Epstein came in, sort of changed the whole story. And then this year it's been all about Madden and the rookies and on paper, at least in terms of one loss, you'd say that the Cardinals are a little bit better, but if you kind of break things down, I think this is a really close series because the Cardinals Granted, they lost, what, they were shut out by Atlanta at the end of the season, but you know, they were, they had already clinched at that point. But the Cardinals um, had a lot of injuries, and while almost everybody's back, we don't know how good they are. We don't know how well Holiday's going to perform, Molina, uh, Greek, uh, Piscotti. They, they had a lot of guys who have been hurt, and we don't really know whether their timing's back at the plate while the Cubs really came on in all aspects of the game in the second half of the year. And while it's true that they can't use Arietta until uh, the third game of the series on Monday, so they'll be limited to just one game out of their potential Cy Young winner, uh, you know, Lester obviously has a postseason pedigree. And I was looking this up yesterday. Other than Jaime Garcia, Kyle Hendricks has a superior uh, DRA to all the Cardinals starters. So... I think this is a really close series, and I think, you know, I, I said in, in Banish the Pen, I think the Cubs could win it. Yeah, I mean, looking at the, kind of breaking these teams down, it feels like you your gut reaction is to give Atlanta or pardon me, Atlanta, uh, St. Louis the advantage with the starting pitching, but you really dig a little deeper and you start looking at Lester, and then Kyle Hendricks has been phenomenal in the second half of the year, and and kind of an underrated way you get Arietta in Game Three. Yeah, and you know, Ben wrote this good piece for Grantland, I think it was in July or August, just talking about uh, how much the Cardinals have benefited from cluster luck because you, you take away the – you strip the, their performance down to just the individual components of what they've hit and what they've allowed. It's not a 100-win team. Now, you know, people give them credit for playing the game right. And, you know, they've had, although it's been inconsistent, a pretty good bullpen, a lot of stuff that supports that. But you kind of feel, not that they've done it with mirrors, but they're really maybe not as good as 162 would indicate. So, I, you know, this could be this could be a 
pretty tense, tight series. Uh, Julian, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'll actually just second basically everything Rob said. Um, I, I, I like the Cubs actually a lot more in this series than I like the Cardinals. Um, hmm. Like, again, Molina's coming off an injury and Piscotti's coming off an injury. And a lot of their pitchers have been good, but none of them have been really great like Arietta. It, it is unfortunate that Arietta isn't going to be able to pitch like two games in this series potentially but um just the fact that you have him for one game is going to be i think a really uh, a huge advantage and even um lester uh who hasn't been talked about a lot this year he's had another really solid year i think a little uh, people are a little bit uh playing him down because of Arietta's year i mean he, okay, so he's got like a three around ERA, but his FIP is like two is two ninety two right now, and so he's I mean he's he's had a really good year once again, and I like the offense of the um, of the, of the Cubs a lot more right now with Schwarber's hitting really well and Chris Bryant, while the Cardinals are I feel like again. Like uh, Rob has talked about, and I actually read uh, read uh, that uh, uh, Ben's article uh, earlier this year too, on just the cluster luck that they've had. It's uh, it, it's it feels like a lot of their runs have come off sequencing and just a lot of good fortune, as opposed to um, which I think it's a lot uh, more just ve- random variance as opposed to actual true talent. But again, I mean, in the playoffs, it's really a crapshoot, although. I, although if I had to pick a team, I, I'm certainly preferring the Cubs and how the way they're looking right now. And I would have preferred the Pirates too. It's um, I thought actually both of those teams were better than the Cardinals. Um, well, and one point I'd like to make is, hey, this is the reason the Cubs went out and signed John Lester was to start this game, was to start Game One of a playoff series. I mean, okay, the wild card game too. I mean. Okay, give me a break on that one, guys. But, I mean, this is the reason they went out and paid him, what, $140 million, whatever it was? I mean, some absurd amount is so that he could be their ace to pitch this game and to match up. And, you know, Lester's pitched tremendously well in the playoffs uh, before. I I like him. He certainly, I expect, a great start tonight. Uh, One question I do want to ask you guys um, before we get into predictions is, are you surprised they went with John Lackey in game one? Go ahead. Either guy. I, I doesn't matter. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, no, I, I think he's been their most effective pitcher in the second half. Garcia, maybe, but, you know, to the degree that you like the idea of playoff experience and all that, Lackey, Lackey's been, been really good here in the second half. Yeah. I um, um, haven't been following the situation too closely for St. Louis, but... Um, yeah, just looking at the numbers right now, uh, Lackey's been... He's been the more consistent pitcher uh, while, I mean, he's pitched more innings and he's, I think there is something to do with being ready for for the moment and being there before. Um, uh, and he's, I mean, so Garcia has been injured a lot throughout his career and he hasn't even pitched 200 innings this year while Lackey's used to this workload uh maybe it's not gonna have any factor but um i think it makes sense narratively that lackey would start this game 
yet. I think it jumped out to me at first, and then the more you research it, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I got to say, just off the top of my head, Lester and Lackey, probably the two most experienced big game pitchers that we have in the playoffs. Certainly off the top of my head, it feels like anyways. Yeah, that's a yeah. great point. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting since they were both with uh, Boston when they won. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers now, and it looks like it's a pick game tonight just in game one. So, uh, guys, I think it's prediction time on this series. Um, who do you got and in how many games? I'll start with Julian here. Uh, I'll go with the Cubs in four. <laughs> I don't know why four, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say Cubs. Rob, same question. I, I've, I've got that in print on the site, so i got to go with it. exactly what Julian said, Cubs in four. All right. I, I, I guess I'm always going to be the, uh, the, the uh, outlier, so to speak. I'm going to go with St. Louis in five. I, I'm just not willing to bet against this team. I've seen what they've done too many years. I saw how they stole it against the Nats a couple years ago, and I've seen how they just pull rabbits out of their hat every year. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Cardinals in five. So. Yeah, and you know, Ryan, if you're right about that, I was thinking it's probably going to be because of Holiday, Molina, Gritcha, Piscotti. At least a few of those guys are okay. That you know, the 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 way that they ended the season is just getting timing back or whatever. And if those guys are healthy, I think the Cardinals going all the way looks um, looks like. And every know, year they get. Bet. And every year they have some strange guy that comes out and plays great. It was Pete Cosmo one year. Descalso was great. I just, yeah, I'm not betting against them too much. You know, I'm not betting against the streak, so to speak. So, although I like Madden a lot more than Matheny. So, yeah, but they um, got the devil magic. That's true. That is very true. Uh, let's talk next series. Um, let, let's get closer to Julian, actually. Let's start with uh, the first game of the day. Uh, we saw game one yesterday between Texas and Toronto. Uh, Texas kind of, you know, I don't want to say stole the game, but definitely stole game one uh, on Toronto's home turf. Um, Julian, just kind of first your thoughts just on what's going on with Toronto and kind of what the atmosphere is like there as well. Uh, yeah, so it's I, I thought that was a game that they really – it was a big game to lose. I thought they had – like a distinctively a uh, a distinctive sorry a pitching advantage with David Price going against uh, Gallardo and I know the Jays haven't hit Gallardo all that well this year but uh, David Price is just he's been like the second best pitcher in the American League um, that uh, like right behind uh, Keiko and um, I thought that was a game they really had to had I like the atmosphere the Rogers Center looked. I mean, uh, on TV, it looked really nice. Um, uh, that was really where I was able to experience it. Or else, like, walking around Toronto, I mean, there's just a tons of people who are wearing Blue Jays shirts, which is really just, I mean, it's nice to see. But I thought that was a huge game that they lost because now, um, I mean, basically they lost the start that I thought they had to win. And uh, now they have to face Cole Hamels, uh, against Strowman, and I know Strowman. Strowman's been good, but it, he's still coming off of an injury. And Cole Hamels has been so far the most. I mean, he's been more consistent. And once again, Hamels has done it in the playoffs so many times. Mm-hmm. Gosh, and Strowman. I mean, we all love Strowman's talent, but how many starts has he made this year? I mean, a handful. It can't be many. I mean, this is a guy that busted his ACL in spring training. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, yeah, all. Uh, 
I'm just going to take a quick look here. Uh, one second. Mm -hmm. Let me just interject. Yeah, we'll jump in, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to interject one thing about Stroman while, um, while we're looking that up. Um, did anyone hear his interview with Jonah Carey on Jonah Carey's podcast? He's a really intriguing guy, Stroman. Um, you know, drafted as a junior, went to Duke, which obviously is a pretty good school. And yeah. while he was at Duke, he's figured he wouldn't be able to finish his degree if he was drafted as a junior. So he did three and a half years worth of work in three years. And then and he did his rehab at Duke after his knee injury so he could finish his degree. So he actually graduated from Duke this summer while rehabbing his knee. And now he's starting in um, you know, in the postseason. And he's a delightful interview. I, I'm, I'm pulling for the Jays in this game just because he seems like a really cool guy. Well, and he was drafted by the Nationals out of high school as a shortstop. Didn't, oh, right. didn't sign. Went to, like you say, went to Duke. You know, pitched pretty well his first two years. Became a breakout in his junior year. And everybody was wondering, is he a starter? Is he a reliever? And they just gambled on the talent. You know, he was a reliever the first two years at Duke. He was a reliever in the Cape. And gosh, look at him now. 5'9", and he's, you know, just unbelievable stuff. Un even better person, too. Yeah. Yeah, so he's pitched only... 27 innings so far this year he's made four starts and uh so yeah <laughs> he really hasn't pitched a lot well it does speak to his talent though that um he's only pitched 27 innings and yet uh the jays are gonna have him as their number two starter yeah that, that's another great point um maybe this is a time to take a half step back but uh, is anybody surprised that we've seen now four road teams win these playoff games um, I've been somewhat surprised. Um, I actually thought the Pirates, were, well, I leaned, I guess, towards the Pirates. I mean, the games are crapshoot, but uh, I thought they had a pretty good chance of winning. Um, there's just a lot of really random variants in the games. Uh, I can't remember if there's a huge home advantage in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure there is. But yeah, I feel like I, I, I saw it was about fifty-five, fifty-seven percent. If I if I remember that number okay, correctly, okay, this so, week. So yeah, so yeah, so that a little is, bit, but not drastic, but a little bit. It's not. It's still a pretty good advantage, though. And uh, but yeah, I guess. I mean, I was more surprised. I think with the Pirates game, I thought that was going to be a lot closer. But um, yeah, Ross, I guess, and the Jays game actually. Sorry, I was really. I thought the Jays were going to win that one. I was anticipating AJ's win uh, pretty handily, but uh, that that act, actually the Jays game was the one that really surprised me the most. Yeah, I, you know the the two wild card games. I think the home field advantage probably gets negated by the fact that the home teams in both cases were facing the guy who's probably going to win the Cy Young in their leagues. But yesterday's games, I think, were a little bit more of a surprise. Both of them. Okay, so now circling back to uh, Texas and Toronto, it it still feels like Toronto's got the much better team, right? I mean, I'm not. I mean, I know Hamels is on the mound today for them and and everything else, but you got to give the advantage offensively to Toronto. I don't know about bullpen. I don't feel like either bullpen is particularly strong or a strength, but it feels like Toronto's got the better team. But man, if they don't win today, going down two games and then having to go to Texas, is this a must game, guys? Um, I, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. If they lose this game, they're pretty much, they're pretty much done. 
Um, I mean, and then the you, expectations that Toronto would be just hammering them home with, and first time in twenty years or whatever they're in the playoffs, and then they lose the first two games. I just, mm. yeah, that would be. I think that'd be a crusher, and yeah, the Toronto. I mean, they do have the better team. I mean, um, especially with Donaldson and now, well, Tulowitzki's is. He hasn't been that great since arriving in Toronto. He's been, um, I mean, he's been dealing with the injuries, uh, injury, of right. course, but he hasn't been the Troy Tolowitzki of Colorado, not a, at least hitting wise. And, um, and, and Julian, let me build off that point because you just made a great one is where are we at with Donaldson and Bautista? I mean, if they don't play, then this series is completely different. I mean, I think they're going to. Uh, have you guys heard that they're not going to play? Uh, I, mean, I haven't I, heard I, anything, but I just know that both guys, obviously both guys left the game. I think everybody that's listening to this know that. But uh, Yeah, yeah, I think, um, so Donaldson, he, I think, uh, I saw reported that he passed the concussion tests. Right. So I think he's going to play. Mm, just it's just amazing. But I will say, if those guys don't play or are limited, this, this series is completely different. But uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I, um, did you? I mean, I didn't see this uh, report yesterday, but did you guys catch uh, if Adrian Beltre was going to play or if he was the diagnosis on his injury? It is muscular. I saw that. It's not, yeah, the MRI they was mentioned so. it was like uh, but they did, back stiffness. But they did bring up Joey Gallo and another guy uh, to their team or to Toronto, so to speak, and, um, I guess in anticipation, preparation, whatever the word is I'm looking for in case, okay. so to speak, so... I haven't heard anything this morning for the people that are listening to this for recording at, you know, 9 a.m. So give us a slight break, guys. <laughs> uh, Rob, your thoughts. I want to ask kind of your, your thoughts, too. If, is this a must win for uh, Toronto today? I, you know, I don't know if it is necessarily. I think that they could still win if, um, if they don't win this game. They can come back. If they don't win this game, then obviously they got a sweep in Texas. Um, the they would still have price available for the fifth game i would guess probably going against hamels on short rest and if those two guys are healthy and that's a big if um i think if they're not then texas can win the series but if those two guys are healthy i think it's still the better team and even even today's game obviously cole hamels was a world series mvp and all that sort of stuff but he also throws with his left hand and the Jays lean right in their lineup and had the. I looked this up this morning. They had the best record in the American League against lefties. So, partly because I'm a Marcus Stroman fanboy, but I think that the Jays even have a reasonable shot at winning today. But if if they lose this one, it's obviously odds are going to be against them. But I I I wouldn't count them out yet. Assume, again, assuming that uh, Batista and Donaldson are healthy. I mean, I'm just looking at this right now, but Toronto's a minus 180 today favorite against uh, Texas, who's 155-4. So the the gamblers certainly think Toronto's winning this game today, that's for sure. Huh. Or Vegas, anyways. So Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, let's do prediction time again. I, I'm going to put everybody on the spot again. Uh, who wins this series? We know it's one nothing Texas uh, going into today. Uh, who do you got? I- I'll start. Uh, let's start with Julian. Um, the Toronto man. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'll go with Toronto, and I really liked uh, Rob's point. I actually forgot that the um, uh, Jays had such a good uh, were were such good hitters against uh, left-handed pitchers. But yeah, I think I'll go with Toronto again. They're the 
on paper, they're still like the much better team, and hopefully they'll prevail. Rob? Yeah, I'm thinking the same. Um, you know, Barry wrote a really nice piece up at the site previewing this series, and he said Toronto in four. And last night, notwithstanding, I, I still think that makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of which, Barry is another talented writer we have on the staff. Definitely check out his work. He's been on the show a couple times as well. Um, I, I, goodness, I like to be the contrarian, but I, I think I'm going to go with Toronto in five in this one. I think that uh, I think Stroman gets it done today, uh, and then I think that we it just sets up for an epic game five with, like you say, probably Price and Hamels, two of the best, if not the best, lefties in the game, Kershaw withstanding. So I'm going Toronto in five. All right, uh, now let's transition to another series, uh, Houston and Kansas City. Once again, uh, series is one nothing. We saw uh, Houston get a pretty well-earned victory last night. Um, uh, let's start with Julian. Just uh, First of all, just your thoughts on the series in general. Yeah, um, I'm, I've been so surprised with how well Kansas City's been all year. Um, I really didn't think they were going to be good at the beginning of the season. And this entire season, I've just been waiting for them to, like, I guess, come back to reality or something. Uh, or come back to what I thought uh, the reality was. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess, so, I have a hard time, I guess, perceiving that the Royals are actually as good as what they are. So, I don't know why, but when I watched the game I always felt like there was the I don't know I always felt like the Astros were the better team but yeah I, I really I, I like the Astros in this series I think uh, I like their offense and uh, I like their pitching just a lot a lot more and maybe I'm under I'm just not I guess estimating how good the the Royals defense is because I guess that's I mean, the ways to quantify defense are still um, not that great, and maybe that's why I'm just not um, I'm underestimating them a lot. But I think I think the Astros have a, a pretty distinctive distinctive advantage, at least pitching wise, especially if Johnny Cueto doesn't uh, isn't able to figure it out. Rob, same. Yeah, you know, th- this isn't. I think, in a way the most interesting series in terms of the contrast between the teams because you've got Great the call. Astros who, you know, they're they're the they're the darlings of guys like us, right? They're the sabermetric team that was the laughing stock because of all the stuff, you know, all the numbers things that Luna was doing and, you know, nobody wanted to you know, Hamels didn't want to get traded to them and all that sort of stuff. Yet here they are and, you know, they've got this offense that's really it's it's not quite three true outcomes because they don't walk all that much, but man, they sure <laughs> hit a lot of home runs and strike out a lot. And you know, and you've got the, the the Royals who, again, they don't strike out, they don't walk, they don't hit home runs, but you know, they put the ball in play more than anybody else. They got the highest contact rate. So it's just, I think it's it's a cool contrast. And I think what last night showed is that. That stuff, people say, well, if you're dependent on the home run, you're living and die by it. You get hosed in the postseason what what the Astros struck out about 200 times last night and they still won the game and I I think that's just going to be a really neat contrast to see 
my heart is definitely with the Astros for exactly, you know, Julianne nailed it, that they've got the, even though they get only one day of Keiko, just like the Cubs only get one day um, of Arietta, they've got a couple other good pitchers that they can work around. And boy, that Royals rotation, it's sort of scratch your head and hope for the best and, you know, put your faith in the bullpen that now is a little depleted, um, you know, because Holland's out. All that being said, the the thing that that in my mind tilts it a little in the uh, Royals' favor, and we didn't see this last night, obviously, is that the Royals' pitching staff was better than most against flyball hitters, and the Astros, unsurprisingly, are the most extreme <laughs> flyball team in the American League, and I think in the majors as well. And it seems to me that that would suggest that the Royals can neutralize the Astros' strength at hitting fly balls that exit the park. That didn't work out last night, and um, it's going to be interesting seeing what's going to happen in Houston, because I heard it's supposed to be really hot down there, which means they'll have the roof closed, which means it's going to be noisy as anything, and obviously won't have any wind currents blowing any uh, balls in the park. you know, it, I could, I still, you know, my, my heart's saying Astros, head still saying Royals, though, that, especially if Cueto's not on tonight, I would, I would certainly admit defeat. Yeah, well, I'm going to, uh, I definitely think this is a must-win game tonight for Kansas City. I, I don't think if, I think if they go down 2 nothing, they will lose the series. I don't think they have enough talent to, to overcome that. But uh, I don't know what to expect from Johnny Cueto tonight. Uh, first half of the year at times, he was one of the better pitchers in baseball. And then in the last few weeks, there was talk he might not even make the Kansas City rotation in the, in the playoffs. So I, I don't – I have no idea what to expect. I'm not a Kansas City fan. I don't get how they're so good. I, I think kind of building off Julian's initial comments, I just I, – I know their defense is spectacular. I know their bullpen's great. But I, I just don't see that lineup winning playoff series. And I know they did it before, but uh, – I just don't see it with Kansas City, and, and maybe call that my blind spot or whatever, but I, I'm just – I don't know. I, I like Kazmir today kind of shutting down that lineup again. So, Yeah, the, you know, their offense has been legitimately better than it was last year, but it's still not all that good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm becoming a Colby Rasmus fan. I want that guy on my team, my fantasy team. I want to hang out with him. I, I, I want to party with him. I mean, that is a uh, – I am all in on the Colby Rasmus fanboy train right now. I love everything about the guy. Man, we're picking the Cubs and we're praising Colby Rasmus. We better watch out for the Cardinals fans. Oh, man. We're going to be in trouble. Oh, wow. And it's uh, – gosh, so – all right, guys, I guess we'll do uh, – let's do some predictions again with this series. I uh, I, I think we've covered it at this point. Um, but Rob, kind of – Well, I guess with the, now that we've got the benefit of hindsight, seeing how the first game pointed out, I'm I'm with you, Ryan. If they don't – if the Royals don't win today, I think it's going to be a real uphill battle. I think Astros in four. Julian? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Astros also. Um oh. I'll go. I'll, I'll go four as well. I'll go four as well. Um, yeah, I don't think. I don't think the series is going to be. I mean, I don't want to say it's not going to be all that close, but I think. I think the Astros are going to win pretty handily, especially since. I mean, they've already won the first game, and Keiko still hasn't pitched. So I mean, I think. 
I think that first game was really, uh, again, is really a big game, especially in a five-game uh, series. Uh, serious question, uh, not serious question, like I'm trying to make this such a big deal, but uh, would you guys rather have Kazmir or Cueto starting for your team today? I, I still go with Cueto. Um, I guess I'll ask a question for you guys. Were you guys surprised that he didn't start the first game? I mean, I would have, I mean, even though he's struggled of late, I mean, I still... I still think he's got to be their best option in uh, in in Kansas City. I mean, I was just I don't know when I heard that he wasn't going to start the first game. I was just I was really surprised. Yeah, I guess mildly surprised by that. I think maybe the thinking might have been that well, if we drop the first game, he can maybe get us back into the series by pitching a good game in the second game. If you go, you know, if if you view a guy as your top gun. Maybe there's a logic in holding him back, though I don't think that there's a lot of it. But he really has been up and down, and obviously, you know, it's not a fair comparison. But the Pirates did jump all over him in that wild card game a few years ago, though he wasn't completely healthy back then. I was, I, I kind of echo Rob's sentiments. I was a little surprised, but I mean, Ventura can throw the heck out of the baseball when he's right. right. So, yeah. And I do like the logic of, you know, if you do think it's close, maybe you go with the more experienced guy in game two i can see that logic but uh yeah uh, brian on that topic are you guys surprised that they went with casmer instead of mccullers in this game given that casmer's look kind of gassed down the stretch a little bit but i do like the lefty against some of the better hitters in that kansas city lineup i mean hosmer's a lefty gordon's a lefty i believe moustakas is a lefty i do like like you were saying you know hamels is really good against or you know is going to be matched against a big righty lineup. I do think Casimir was a nice matchup here. I guess... Um, yeah, great point. I didn't, I didn't think a lot of... I didn't make much of it until, like, I guess you just pointed it out. Um, I guess because none of them have really... Um, it's not like, for example... Like, I guess maybe this is just my own naivety, but, like, I guess big names. Um, but, yeah, looking at it just right now... Um, McCullers? I mean, yeah, McHugh has been the better pitchers this year. Pretty, I mean, pretty distinctively, especially since Scott Casimir has been with the uh, uh, Houston. He has been, yeah, looking at it right now, I guess I didn't realize just how much Casimir has been struggling down the stretch, but he's really not, I mean, he's not walking a lot of guys, but he's not striking anybody out. Which is well, and McCullers has spent a bunch of time in the bullpen. Maybe that's their thinking is he's more comfortable in that role. Yeah, yeah, that may be. I also yeah. wouldn't mind using him as kind of a two or three inning reliever if, if you could use him in that scenario twice in this series rather than just getting one start out of him. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm just, I mean, that's complete he's so conjecture. He's so much more valuable, but... I guess, as a starter. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He's been, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> in a five-game series, I don't mind having him as my you know, go to long man, multiple inning guy. Just think, yeah, once again, I'm if, thinking out loud. I but. guess if if they're ready, if they're ready, for example, to pull Casimir in, like after, let's say he's like struggling after two or three innings, just pull him and put McCullers in. Then I don't really have a problem with that at all. But I mean, if they are not, I guess, going to go with that strategy, then I'd much prefer have uh, just, I guess, McCullers just start it at this point. Yeah, that th- those are all. Good points. Uh, I'm going to take Houston in three. I think they're going to sweep this series. Uh, I just, with Keuchel in game three coming back, and uh, I, I think Houston wins today. 
So I, I don't have faith in Cueto, which means he'll probably throw a no-hitter and make me look foolish. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Houston in three. So I think we're all agreed on that. You guys have him in four. I have him in three. So. Yeah, actually, in the, the preview on the site, I had uh, KC in five, and I'm not feeling good about that. Uh-oh. That's not good. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about the last series, uh, the one that we haven't covered yet, uh, the late-night game tonight. And uh, I don't know, another interesting kind of series. We've got the New York Mets back in the playoffs for the first time in a while. I hate you guys. And um, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, you know, the most expensive team baseball could buy, so to speak. Uh, Tonight we've got DeGrom and Kershaw, two of the best, I don't know, eight pitchers in baseball, ten pitchers in baseball on the hill. And uh, the Dodgers are a massive favorite in this game tonight. Let's start. I think we've Rob started a couple times. Julian, uh, I'll give you the floor for this series. Um, I think this is the pitching matchup. I guess I'm looking for the most. Um, I'm looking forward to the most. Sorry, um, Kershaw again. Uh, I mean, Kershaw has again had a, an amazing season, and I know um, there's like a lot of debate between him and Greinke and who's the Cy Young and whatnot. But I think Kershaw again has been just the best pitcher in baseball and um DeGrom again has been it's amazing that someone just who wasn't a prospect uh in any stretch of the imagination came up and he's been this good I'm I think this is just going to be a really I hope this is just going to be a really fun game and uh just I'm really looking forward to I guess a good pitching matchup right now but uh, I'd say the Dodgers have, uh, I think, a huge advantage in this game because it's, it's Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> Although Kershaw's playoff numbers are pretty poor, kind of like David Price. But uh, kind of, Rob, you know, give you the floor as well. Same idea. Yeah, it, to that point, though, Ryan, in fairness to Kershaw, when they've had no bullpen whatsoever, Mattingly has really ridden them hard. And, and, and Mattingly know. did him no favors, particularly last year against St. Louis. Absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and you know, the, the, the thing that I think is interesting about these two teams is, you know, when I did my previews on the site, I printed statistics for both first half and second half. I don't think there's a team that improved – offensively as much as the Mets did in the second half of the season. Although they've, you know, some air was let out of that balloon in the last few weeks of the year. But on the other hand, and I don't think that there's been, I know Joe Sheehan wrote about this on his uh, newsletter, the Dodgers bullpen, which was a absolute horror show for a good part of the summer, <laughs> all of a sudden righted itself um, in the second half of the year. And if there's, you know, if there's a bridge to get, from Kershaw and Greinke to Jensen to end the game, I think that's a pretty tough pitching staff. And the Dodgers offensively have been, although it doesn't feel like they have, the numbers say they've been pretty consistently good all year. So I think that um, obviously for both teams, the pitchers are going to get the headlines. Um, They both have been scoring pretty well. I think that the Dodgers, I feel to me like, and a little more confident they can keep it up uh, in the postseason. Well, we've already alienated St. Louis's fan base. I'm going to alienate the Mets, but I think they're complete frauds. I think they're absolute <laughs> frauds. I think they took advantage of a pathetically bad NLEs to win 90 games this year. I think they have tremendous pitching. I don't believe in their bullpen, and I don't believe in really their, their lineup much, although I do think that, uh, Rob, you made a fantastic point about you know getting right back 
Conforto coming up, Cespedes being traded for. I mean, their offense got significantly better. That said, I just I don't see it with this Mets team at all. I don't think that they're a 90-win playoff team at all. I think they took advantage of playing 60 games against the Phillies, the, the Braves, and the Marlins this year to win a lot of games like the Nationals should have done, not that I'm bitter. Um, so uh, I don't love Kershaw's numbers in the postseason, obviously, but that said, they're going to have to win – at least one game against Granke and or Kershaw in a five-game series to get it done, and I don't know how they're going to get it. I don't know how you beat those guys. And I know the flip side would be, well, we've got Harvey and DeGrom, and there's no question, but I still put Kershaw and Granke in a, in a better class. I, I just – I don't love the Los Angeles lineup. I don't – you know, like you say, their bullpen's got some holes, although it's right at itself, but I, I'm calling the Mets out. I think they're frauds this year. I think they're – I don't think that they're the team. I think they're a year or two away from where they could be a really good team. Yeah, Ryan, I just looked up. The Mets scored 1.6 more runs per game in the second half than the first half. I mean, that is extraordinary. Oh, I mean, that, yeah. that's extraordinary. Now, in the first yeah. half, they didn't have right. Kadir was hurt. Um, they were running out of pathetic. Darno was hurt for much of the year as well, so some of it was injuries. But that said, you're right. I mean, a yeah. run and a half is drastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but to your point, they were really lousy in the first half too. Yeah, they couldn't hit. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't have really too much to add in this. I just like I say, I don't know that. I think that Grinky and Kershaw are going to be too much for the Mets this year. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I'll I'll agree with that too. Um, I think, especially in these like short game series, um, I think just having one, for example, great performance. For example, like DeGrom can go out there and throw, for example, a one-hit shutout, just like Clayton Kershaw. Can, there's a greater probability of Kershaw doing that. But uh, Granke, I mean, um, DeGrom is just, he's hes not that far behind. He is, he's not the tier of Kershaw, but he's not, for example, um, I don't think it's the mismatch that, for example... Um, the Jake Arrieta and Garrett Cole matchup was. Uh, I think DeGrom's just a really good pitcher, and when you have, I guess, a pitcher like that, I think um, that can really swing the balances, especially in a one, uh, especially in one game. So for this game, so and which could again swing the balance for the series, um, especially in a five-game playoff. There's, I think. A lot of variants that can go into it, and um, uh, I don't think the I think the the Dodgers are going to have a little. I th- I mean, I prefer the Dodgers because I mean they're just a much better team all around. But I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think, especially considering the Dodgers have like, I mean, they have Kershaw and Greinke, and then they have who's starting in. I think is Anderson starting in Game Three. Or Alex yeah, Wood. So. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, I mean, I'm not all that high on him. But, again, I mean, the, I prefer the Dodgers. But I think it's going to be a little bit closer than uh, than that. I do think you make a good point, Julian. they got to get that Brett Anderson start if you're the Mets. you got to grab that it, win. Yeah. If they don't win that start, forget it. So, um, prediction time, guys? Um, uh, Rob. Yeah, I'll, I was just so if it's if it's Granky or it's Kershaw Granky, 
day off than Anderson, and then they come they can come back with Kershaw on regular rest in Game Four, right? That sounds yeah. sounds wow. right. And then yeah, and then Granky should be on regular rest too, correct? Yeah, because you know the, the thing that that you worry about with the Dodgers is that. Mattingly does something crazy with the pitching staff, starting a guy on short rest or something. But, you know, the way it's lined up, I don't think he's going to have the opportunity to do that even if he wanted to. And given that, I think, you know, Dodgers in what that, that second start of Grant King's Dodgers in four. Boy, it'd be fun to see this one go five just because of all the pitching. But I don't know if it's going to. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Rob. But, uh, Julian, your prediction? I think I'm going to be boring as well, but I'll go with the Dodgers. And um, <laughs> I think I've said four in every single series. So uh, for fun, I'll say five. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to take the Dodgers in four. And my big prediction is that uh, Tyler Clippard gives up a big hit home run runs something in one of the games. <laughs> I just haven't looked. I haven't loved the way he's thrown the ball the last couple of weeks, and uh, I think that he gets put in a spot and he gets hit. And I like Tyler. Tyler's a you know a great guy, even better pitcher. But uh, that's my prediction, anyways. Wow! Wow! I'm even giving yeah. you what the scenario. I mean, I'm really going Nostradamus on everybody here. <laughs> You're really diving into yeah. it. Uh. Well, or are, are we going to do a prediction on what? Uh, what Harvey's pitch count's going to be? Let's do it. Since you threw it out there, let's do it. <laughs> you start that, Robert. Uh, I'm going to say that regardless of where they are in the game, he's not good for more than 115 of that. Well, shoot. If he's throwing more than 115 pitches, he's either on his game or they're in a lot of trouble. Um, Even if, if it's if it's nothing, nothing in the seventh, I think they they pull him after 115. I think that's fair. I don't really have any problem with. I might even say 100, frankly. But then yeah. only because you start getting through three times through the lineup, and maybe right. they try to get him back for make sure he's right for game five and everything else. I I, I think that's a good number. And you know what happened? That that'll be the game, uh, Ryan, where they bring in Clippard. He blows up, and the whole LOL Mets meme comes back to life, yep. and the New York press jumps all over Harvey, and they're back to being the Mets again. Yeah. That, see, you're just helping with the prediction. Perfect. I love that scenario. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Harvey. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say 95. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'll, I'll throw a random number and say 95. Uh, I don't think they'll let him go. I don't think they'll let him get to that magic 100 number. All right. I like that. I think I can see that very much, too. All right, guys. Uh, let's do some World Series predictions because I don't know when the next time we'll record a show, and I don't know the next time I'll be fortunate enough to have you guys on. So uh, we might as well make ourselves look very foolish and throw out some World Series predictions. Uh, Julian, I'll start with you. Okay. Uh, so I see... I think the Dodgers will be in the World Series. Um, I'll say the Dodgers will win the World Series, and I'll say it's against Houston. All right. Okay. Rob? I'm saying that uh, Julian's going to have a chance to see the World Series trophy live. Toronto over the Dodgers. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Uh, I hope you're right. 
I'm going safe. Like yeah. that, that, again, I, with, with my caveat, if Donaldson, Bautista, or Bautista's out, then then uh, then that's all void. All right, I'm gonna okay. go. I'm gonna go chalk, and I'm gonna go St. Louis over Toronto. And that's really going out on that limb. I, I hope like, it's very, very sturdy. But uh, I'll take the favorites. No, you know, I, I like I, Brian, I think, like I said, yeah. If if Sorry? the Cardinals can make it through this series, I, I I think they could be unstoppable. That's a really good club. And if they get right at the right time, they could really start playing some great baseball. So, But we'll see. Like you say, they yeah. have to get through a very, very hot and good Cubs team who won 97 baseball games. So it, it, that's going to be a heck of a series. So. All right, guys, uh, did pretty well. Uh, we covered all four series in under an hour. I'm, I, I'm pretty proud of us. So um, as we started the show, let's conclude it. Uh, just say goodbye, you know, where everybody can find your work, where they can find you on Twitter, and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, we'll start alphabetical and go with Julian this time. Uh, yeah, so um, I write at BP Milwaukee and at Banish of Japan. And my Twitter account is at Julian Asunin. If you want someone <laughs> to follow, I'm not all that interesting on Twitter, but yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Ryan. It's always fun to do these. Well, and Julian, thank you for getting up early. I know, like I said earlier, Friday mornings in college are not that easy for uh, for the students. So thank you. I appreciate you uh, coming on this morning, and uh, for all your good work you're doing at uh, BP Milwaukee and at Banish to the Pen. So. Uh, Rob, kind of the same question. Yeah, I'm Rob Maines. Uh, mostly you'll see my work at Banished to the Pen, but like I said, really excited to have joined a uh, uh, really outstanding uh, crew here. Um, Twitter, like Julian, I don't do a whole lot, but it's Cran, C-R-A-N underscore boy. And I also have a very pirate-centric blog on thefieldofplay.com, but I hope to be contributing a lot especially now that the season's winding down to uh, Banston Pen. Well, like I said before, we're very lucky to have you, and we're glad to have you on the team. So thank you, Rob, and thank you, Julian, both for joining me today. Uh, we covered a lot of ground in one hour, and uh, I'm really excited. I think this has gotten me hyped even more so for uh, 13 hours of playoff baseball this afternoon. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for having me, My Ryan. favorite. Absolutely, guys. We'll have you guys back on uh, very soon, hopefully, if not before the World Series and certainly this offseason. So, uh Check out both Rob and Julian's work, and uh, thanks, guys, for joining me. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having us. And that was episode 35 of the Banished to the Pen podcast with my guests, Julian Asseline and Rob Maines. Uh, definitely check out both of their work. Uh, they are both extremely talented writers and uh, very key members of our Banished to the Pen team. So thank you both uh, once again for joining me. Uh, also, I'd like to thank everybody involved with Banished to the Pen, whether it's uh, the writers, the technical staff, editors, uh, the tech people that we have. We have a lot of people working very hard to put out a very strong product every day of the week, and uh, I'm very proud of the work that we all do, whether it's the podcast side that I'm involved with or uh, the writing side that I'm not as involved with. But I'm very proud of the work we do and cannot recommend enough that everybody start their day with a cup of coffee and banish to the pen. So thank you to everybody for their hard work. I am Ryan Sullivan at NatsGM.com on Twitter and the Baron of All Baseball podcast reminding you, be nice to your fellow listeners.